What's going on, guys? My name is David Gibson. I am the host and founder of this podcast, SIDcast, a podcast and resource dedicated to telling these stories and sharing experiences of a distinguished and, uh, I can't remember, experienced members of the uh, sports information profession. Lane will actually call me out on that later in the episode. Um, That's just a little funny moment. Uh, had a lot of fun with this episode, guys. And we've been working for a while trying to get kind of get our uh, schedules aligned, and we were finally able to do so um, at the at the time of this recording. But uh, I kind of want to address a serious note, uh, a somber note, if you will, just for a quick second. Um, if you're trying to text me, or if you're trying to email me for the next couple days, um, I may not get back to you. Uh, that is because my grandfather passed away. Um, I'm on my way. Actually, tomorrow, and today's a Monday, so tomorrow, Tuesday, uh, to Indianapolis for the visitation and the funeral. Um, it's, it's, I'm fine, you know, everybody else is fine. Uh, just, it's never, I don't know, it's, it's just something else. And, um, he, uh, he loved college football, guys. Um, he, his, one of his favorite games was the Army Navy game. And um, he uh, passed away overnight before the Army-Navy game. And um, that was just kind of tugged at me a little bit. He also loved anything that had to do with Tennessee football. I'm sure if he knew what was going on, he wouldn't be happy. But um, ironically, Louisville did come back and beat IU. And I I knew that he was kind of helping me out with that. So, um, yeah, that's what's going on. But uh, anyway, moving on. Uh, today's episode is episode number 55 of SIDcast. Uh, next week, guys, we will. I know I had Tim Tessalone, but he, unfortunately, I say, it's actually probably one of the best uh, reasons for someone rescheduling on me is uh, he's going to the Cotton Bowl. So I'm not going to take that away from him because he's, he's got a job to do. He's got to go to Dallas and uh, with his team at USC. So um, we do have a guy coming in that I've always wanted to have on the show. He's actually on my whiteboard um, of, of must-haves. Uh, again, he is Tyson Jex. He's a Texas A&M international guy. And then the week after, we will have Sam Boyle of uh, Alverno that's up in Milwaukee. So, um, guys, I just want to address a quick second, if you haven't already. Go ahead over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and just leave us a rating or review. It only takes uh, a couple seconds. I, I'm serious. Just open it up. Go over and uh, click a one or five star, or anything in between. You know, if if you think you know he kind of sucks, but but sometimes he does great work. He can give me a two. I mean, it doesn't bother me. So, um, if you want to reach me uh, anytime after these past couple of days, um, sportsinfocast at gmail dot com is the way to do it. And you can also follow us anytime on social media at sportsinfocast on Facebook and Twitter, guys. So I will let you all go. Today we do have Lane Weitzel. I've actually been saying it wrong, and I do have to uh, pronounce, or not pronounce, but uh, apologize, Lane. Uh, the past couple episodes when I've tried to tell people that she's coming on, I've pronounced your name wrong, and I, and I do sincerely apologize. But um, anyway, we will talk a little bit today. What I'm really excited for today, you're, you guys to hear today, is that Olympians, she was able to uh, cover the uh, swimmers from Florida down in Rio. So that's something interesting and something that we've never had to actually had the pleasure of talking about before. So that's uh, one talking point today. And guys, we will start off with episode number 55 of SIDcast with Lainey Wetzel of Tennessee Tech and her first taste of sports information right here on SIDcast.
Well, I think sports information is one of those things where a lot of people don't really know that it's a job and it's a field that you can work in. So, honestly, my first taste of it was um, with my dad coaching at Florida, the sports the sports information director at Florida. His name was John Hines. He's not in the business anymore. He works on the university side. Um, so, honestly, had, had I not been exposed to that at Florida, I probably still wouldn't have known that it was that sports information is a thing. <laughs> um, but I think just um, watching John do what he did, um, starting from when I was 13 years old, that's when I kind of got my first look into what the field was like. Uh, so, like, when you when you told your friends or family, like, what you wanted to be when you grew up, I mean, what, what was their kind of take when, when you said a sports information director? Um, well, I first wanted to be a sports journalist, which is my degree is in journalism. Oh, okay. Um, and then basically midway through college, I kind of reevalu- reevaluated what I wanted to do and um, what my goals were in life and what I thought I was good at. And I tried um communications as an internship um at the florida high school athletic association which is in gainesville and i tried that and i said to myself that if i enjoyed doing that maybe i would try to volunteer at florida or something Mm -hmm. and i did that and i liked it and i think i was you know just telling my parents that maybe this was what i wanted to be doing with my life instead and they didn't really know exactly what it was because, again, even though my dad had had those interactions with John, I think coaches still don't really know what SIDs do a lot of the time. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, so, and honestly, still now, I don't really think my dad especially knows exactly what I do. Um, but, I mean, my parents, if... I'm happy, they're happy, and I'm happy, so. Perfect. Um, I don't mean to kind of start you off with a tough question, but how, and we've asked other guests this, maybe you've heard it, um, how do you think we as sports information directors, athletic communications professionals can uh, educate the next generation on exactly what this profession is all about? Um, I think really it's just kind of getting out and having people watch what you do. Um, a lot of it at Florida was a couple people who were full-time, not, not interns like I was, um, going out and just talking to classes because um, we really relied on student help, especially during game days. Um, so I think it's just kind of starting that, those interactions in college, um, with the students that are in college and just kind of cluing them into this is what we do. It is a job. Um, It's an opportunity to work in sports um, because I think a lot of people, when they think of sports media, they think of broadcasters and that's basically it. I think um, journalism is kind of, I don't really hear of a lot of people who want to be sports journalists anymore, which kind of makes me sad. Um, but that's because they're not as prominent as the people who are on TV. That you don't see, or you see Aaron Andrews on TV every day, um, Samantha Ponder, like all those people. But you don't see 
the faces of the people who are getting bylines. And um, so, yeah, I think it's just kind of making those face-to-face connections with people, and that's how we kind of help educate people as to what we do and what we're all about. Uh, can, can we talk about your dad for a second? Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of kind of a big part of um, why I am where I am. So. Yeah, so for those that don't know, can you go ahead and just run through kind of uh, even your hat, uh, Minnesota Twins. Uh, so who? what does your dad do right now? Um, my dad, his name is Brad Weitzel. He is coming into his 11th season coaching baseball at the University of Florida. Um, and UF just won their first national championship in baseball in June, so go Gators. Um <laughs> And he's worked in baseball basically um, his whole life since before I was born. Um, He played at Georgia, and that's where he met my mom. Um, And he has been coaching really ever since he got out of college. Um, He scouted for the Twins for 16 years, and that's where he was before he got the job at Florida um, as an assistant coach. So um, just – Baseball and, um, I guess, being around athletes and coaches has been a part of my life for as long as I can remember. Um, And, you know, it's fun, and I guess other people think it's cool, and I just think it's normal, like I don't really know any other (laughs) way. (laughs) So, yeah, my dad's – I think he's pretty great. I'm kind of biased. (laughs) But, yeah. So if um, Tennessee Tech and Florida had to play in baseball, who would you have to root for? Um, I don't know. They, um, they've actually they had a conversation about you know scheduling a series, and I don't know if it's going to happen. But I mean, I have the family ties to Florida, so I probably would say Florida. But my boss is the baseball SID, so. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It'd be a toss-up. Yeah, you probably shouldn't answer that then, should you? <laughs> Tennessee Tech signs my paychecks, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I completely understand that. So um, some things that you did with the uh, Florida High School Athletic Association, uh, how do you kind of translate what you did with them to kind of your job now? Um, well, like I said before, I think that was, I mean, that was kind of the start of my involvement with um, communications and sports information. Um, I did it over the summer, which was kind of hard because obviously high school sports aren't going on in the summer. Um, But I started, I think, in May after I was done with school because it was between my sophomore and junior year of college. Um, So I got to go to the softball state finals at JetBlue Park in um historic dodger town in vero beach and then baseball state finals in um fort myers at the red sox um spring training facility um which was fun um did i say jet blue park i think so yeah dodger town yeah because that's wrong (laughs) cut that part out i can do that um talking about baseball but yeah the, the, um, the baseball state finals were fun just because I mean high school baseball in Florida is pretty good mm-hmm. and there were actually a couple kids that their teams were there at the state finals who were signed to go to Florida 
So that was exciting. I texted my dad and I said, hey, I'm seeing so-and-so and this guy. And I think they look pretty good. Um, but that was kind of different because it's it's a different experience working for like a governing body versus working right. for a team. Um, but I mean, I still helped with press conferences and social media and um, obviously that's still the same if you're working for a team you're that crosses over yeah so it was pretty fun and that actually me being at the FHSAA that really helped me get involved at Florida because my boss at the FHSAA was at the time engaged to one of the SIDs at Florida and kind of helped me make that connection with volunteering at UF uh, so what kind of were the, you, you mentioned the, the similarities between the two, but what about some key major differences that you saw when you had to, you know, kind of help out with a governing body as opposed to a single institution? Well, I remember we had some kind of, um, meeting where we went over legislation changes and, um, I mean, we talked about. And I took minutes. I mean, I wasn't involved in the decision-making, obviously. (laughs) Um, But we talked about um, adding or requiring in girls lacrosse the players to wear helmets or some kind of protective headband because of concussions. Um, Obviously, that wouldn't really happen at Florida. Um, And I don't really – I didn't really want to be involved in decision-making like that because – I mean, yeah, it's just somebody's not really head, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not it wasn't really something that interested me. Um but you know, it was a good experience regardless. And and you kind of mentioned that when you went back to Florida. Um you kind of had to be a little bit of a student assistant. I mean, how did you kind of get your door foot in the door as far as that? What kind of responsibilities did they give you? Can you spare no detail when you got back with the Gators? Mhm. Well, Florida, I know a lot of other schools utilize students to be contacts for sports, and that's not really the case at Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, they had, when I was there, they had to, um, basically, they were kind of GAs, but not really, um, had them do men's and women's golf. But otherwise, you know, Florida has, I think, if not the biggest, one of the biggest athletic communications departments in the country. And so they don't really need student help in the sense that, hey, you're the SID for this sport now. Right. It's more of we need help on game day. We need help with putting together programs and game day materials during the week in the office. Um, So I didn't really get the experience in that I was – responsible for a certain sport I helped with a lot of sports and that was my goal was not to pigeonhole myself into only knowing how to work with baseball or only knowing how to work with soccer because even though at the core of it you are doing the same essential things for each sport there's you know something keeping score for baseball is not the same as I don't know, doing something else for lacrosse. Like each each sport has its own little quirks that you need to familiarize yourself with. So I made it my goal to kind of help with everything. 
I think the only sport I didn't help with was tennis. Um, but I had a hand in everything else. Um, and Florida has quite a few sports too. Yeah. Um, but, um, I came in the office, not probably not as much as I should have, but a good amount. Um, and then I helped a lot during game day because that's the fun part for everybody is a game day. And I think the only requirement to be a student assistant at Florida or a volunteer was he had to work five home football games. So I was um, at football game day. I would do participation um, or running stats to boxes. And I helped with men's basketball. A lot of it's running stats, honestly. <laughs> um, and then soccer, I would do social media. Um, volleyball, I think I did social media a couple times. Lacrosse, I did social media. A lot of it was social media because um, Florida kind of has the manpower to have a bunch of people do different things so the yeah. SID can focus on, you know, whatever they need to focus on, whether it's the story or staff crew or anything. Um, I didn't really get involved in stat crew just because, again, Florida has the ability to outsource that kind of stuff, um, and probably you probably shouldn't trust students with something like stat crew. Yeah, yeah maybe. Just, just throw them on football stat crew for a game and see how they do. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I did. I think as much as I could have at the time. Um, which was nice. I met a lot of different people. Um, I have good relationships with a lot of the people at Florida. Um, Mary Howard, um, really got me involved. She's the senior associate athletic director for communications at Florida. Um, she really helped me out a lot. Um, Kelly Reynolds, who is now Kelly Sobers, um, who, like I said before, was engaged to my boss at FHSA at the time. She really helped me a lot. She's not in the business anymore, but she works on the um, Free Left Health, so she's still in Gainesville. She helped me out a lot. Um, there's a lot of good people in Gainesville, and um, I got to do a lot of stuff for them and build relationships, which is great. Um, but honestly, even though I didn't, really get the experience to be a student contact or a student SID, I really don't think there was a better program for me to get started with than Florida, just because, and I mean, this might sound obnoxious, and I know people, some people don't like the SEC, but <laughs> um, I mean, Florida is arguably the most successful athletic program and the best conference and collegiate athletics so a lot of people don't get to do what I got the opportunity to do and I'm really thankful for that and you know being at Florida even in the capacity that I was in is a great springboard for the future and that and that has a lot of impact when people look at your resume so I'm just thankful and appreciative that I got to start at a place like Florida. Yeah, and when, when you kind of got, got away from Florida a little bit, uh, can you tell us about how you got the job at Tennessee Tech? Was it difficult having the title of student volunteer or whatever your title was or just volunteer assistant? I mean, 
Uh, can you tell us your whole job process like and where you were at with life before you came to Tennessee Tech? Um, well, I graduated from Florida in April 2016, and then I was a postgraduate intern at Florida um, basically from May to June of 2017, and I did swimming and diving, and that was really fun because, <laughs> um, like, a lot of the sports at UF, swimming and diving is very successful um, nationally, and we have Olympians, and um, the head coach, Greg Troy, is coach the Olympics about a million times so he's he's great and we're neighbors and (laughs) or we were neighbors in Gainesville um and that position wasn't really that's it was a one-year thing so I had to find something else um afterwards um but I was looking and I didn't really know if I wanted to be an intern again or try to look for a full-time job because I felt like I was in a way, too experienced to be an intern, but I didn't feel experienced enough to have a full-time job. So I was kind of applying to a bunch of different stuff. Um, and I went to Omaha with baseball. Um, and I remember I was standing in the, we were standing on the concourse. It was me and my mom. It was one of the um, open practice days on the day that they have the opening ceremony for the College World Series. And we were standing, waiting for my dad to get done with autographs. And I got an email um, from Mike Lehman, who is now my boss at Tennessee Tech. And he had seen my resume on the co-signed job board because I posted mine. I sent them my resume to put on there. And said that they had an opening for a sports information coordinator at Tennessee Tech. Um, he saw my resume, wanted to know if I was interested, um, all of that. So honestly, I had not heard of Tennessee Tech, did not know where it was. Um, I actually, I think the only thing I had heard about Tennessee Tech was that they beat FSU and then in their regional in Tallahassee, <laughs> which I liked because I don't like FSU. Um, And that was really the only thing I had heard about them. So I went back and kind of did my research. And um, Tech is an FCS school in the Ohio Valley Conference. So obviously a big change from Florida. Um, And I would be doing, if I, at the time, I hadn't gotten the job yet or done the interview or anything. But I would be doing volleyball, women's basketball, cross country, and track and field. And that kind of intimidated me a little bit just because that's a lot of sports for one person to do. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And just a lot of overlap and a lot of work. Not that, you know, I don't want to work hard, but it's just a lot of things on your plate. Um, But I called Mike and um, did the interview with him and um, who I now share an office with, Thomas Cohern. Um, and I guess I said some good stuff because they liked me and, um, <laughs> offered me the job. And, um, I said yes, because it was a job and it was an opportunity to, you know, break into the business as a full-time, um, SID. Um, and you know, it's my first job and it's fun and I'm learning a lot, making a lot of mistakes, but again, <laughs> learning a lot. Um, so 
yeah, it's been it's been fun. Uh, what what are some key differences, if any? I mean, uh, that you've seen at a an FBS level school as Florida, as opposed to an FCS school with Tennessee Tech. I mean, there's a lot of differences. <laughs> um, even something as simple as the size of the football players. Um, I mean, I don't really get a whole lot of involvement with football like I did at Florida because um, I would help with like media availability and um, press conferences at Florida. So I would actually stand next to the players and feel really small. Um, <laughs> so even something as little as um, FCS guys are um, not as big. Um, the facilities are different. I mean, the, the money is different. Um, the fan support is different. And I think that's something that, um, tech struggles with because Cookville, which is where Tennessee tech is, is between Nashville, home of Vanderbilt and Knoxville, home of Tennessee. So, um, that's kind of, I think, a a hard situation to be in, just kind of getting people to back um, an FCS team when you're smack dab in between two SEC teams. Um, Like I said, I mean, the sports I'm responsible for are different. Um, I'm working with larger sports than swimming and diving. Um, Tennessee Tech women's basketball has been historically a really dominant program and they're trying to get back to where they were um, in the 20th century and the early 2000s. Um, I mean, there's so many things that are different and I think I notice something new every day. Um, But I think it's kind of a good experience and really brought me back down to earth in a sense because I think you can I don't really know how to say this nicely but you kind of develop a superiority complex when you're at a big school like Florida especially a power five school Um, just because you have you know the interns have interns and you have so many people to help you do so many different things you have you know a social media manager you have an on-staff photographer you have a graphic designer you have so many people to help you do the things that you need to do every day. And at a school like tech, you don't have that. And I'm responsible for different things than I would have been at Florida. Um, But it's kind of good because I get to learn how to do those things. Like I get to learn how to do stat crew and learn how to do graphic design and really be hands-on with a lot more things and kind of be more creative and have more creative control over what I want to do, um, which is really, a, I think, a positive. It makes me more well-rounded as um, an SID, as a communications professional. Um, so there's a lot that's different that I kind of struggle with sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, I think it was necessary and kind of helped clue me into how other schools operate and smaller programs operate because I think that you know everybody works hard regardless of where you are regardless of what kind of program you're at and that really being in a school like Tennessee Tech really opened my eyes to that and um kind of helped me 
I, I, w- I wouldn't have realized that had I not been at a, at a school like Tennessee Tech. Yeah, yeah, cool. So you, you already kind of described this a little bit. My next question is kind of, um, you came there, like you said, they had somebody to do the graphics, somebody to do the stack crew, somebody to do all this stuff. So what's what, what I know you already kind of mentioned this, but what was the largest challenge for you trying to learn about uh, all this stuff when you were thrusted into your new position? I think just learning how to manage it all because obviously there's a lot of work to be done whether you're at Florida or Tennessee Tech, but it's different work because there's more, there's more media availability, there's more press conferences, there's more interviews at a school like Florida, so that takes up a lot of time. But then here... There's more, I mean, like I said, me doing the things that I would traditionally have other people help me do at Florida. So it's just kind of learning how to balance everything. And then I'm doing all of that for four sports. So um, that overlap quite a bit um, just because November, the October-November range is where volleyball and basketball kind of meet up, and then cross-country is in there, too, and then um, the winter, January, February, with basketball and track, that meets up, too. So it's just kind of learning how to balance it all and being better with time management, which is honestly something that I have not been great at. (laughs) But I kind of have to learn how to be great at it because that, you know, I have to do my job and, um, you know, keep everybody happy with my sports. And um, they're all important and stuff needs to be done. Um, So I think that's been the biggest challenge for me is just learning how to balance it all and manage everything. So my next question kind of goes with, you kind of mentioned this earlier, you, you've worked with swimming at Florida, and I want to know, because not a whole lot of people that we've talked to on the show um, have been able to work with Olympians, publicize Olympians, so what were some things that you did to kind of help showcase, you know, your swimmers at the Rio de Janeiro Olympics? I mean, really, swimming swimming and diving is kind of hard as a sport at Florida because it is the sport that they usually give to the interns. So, I mean, there's a different person every year to, um, that Coach Troy has to work with, and um, it's kind of hard to establish a relationship with the student-athletes if you're only there for a year. Um, so that was one of the challenges I had. Um, but Caleb Dressel is the guy at Florida and really kind of the future of um, American swimming, specifically sprinting, because... 50 and 100 free and 100 fly, those are his events. Um, and I came in to my internship position in May, which was earlier than um, the other interns because, I mean, I already lived in Gainesville. I was already there. Um, and the Olympics were in August. So in June and July, we kind of talked about um, – as a department, what we were going to do for the Olympics and how we were going to publicize our Olympians because we had 30 Olympians at Florida competing in Rio, um, which I don't, I think it was up there with being one of the most in the country. I think Texas or somebody had more. Yeah. Um, 
but we had Olympians in volleyball, Olympians in swimming, Olympians in track and field. Um, uh, we had one in golf. So those SIDs for those sports at Florida, we got together um, with um, our somebody at Gator Vision, which is the in-house video department um, at Florida, and a couple other people. And we kind of sat down and said, this is what we're going to do. We, we had um, basically a daily release um, with, this is how the Gators did in the Olympics. This is what the medal count is, because I don't remember what the medal count ended up being, but we had, you know, somebody win a medal at least every day. Um, so we just kind of, because there wasn't a whole lot we could do nationally, because obviously the people at USA Swimming have, you know, they handled Caleb and the other swimmers, the people at at U.S. track and field, they handled the track and field um, Olympians. So there wasn't a whole lot we could do in terms of nationally, but there was stuff that we could do in terms of publicizing to the University of Florida fans, not just the Olympic fans. Um, Because there's not, you know, there might not be a whole lot of crossover between the Olympics and UF in terms of the fan base and who's paying attention. So we did our little daily releases and um, had gifts and videos of, you know, the medal winning swims and the medal winning, you know, sprints and, you know, volleyball and everything. Um, So, it was more about publicizing to the Gainesville community and the University of Florida community rather than nationally. Um, but honestly, working with somebody like Caleb, there's not really a whole lot that I have to do in the way of, hey guys, Caleb swam this time in the 50 free this week. Caleb swam this time in the 100 free this week. Because since he's already on such a big stage, not just nationally, but internationally, people already know what he's going to be doing. <laughs> um, so it was more of me kind of paring that down because he got a ton of attention, especially after Rio, because he won two gold medals in his in his first appearance at an Olympic Games. He was, I think his 20th birthday was during the Olympics, so he's still pretty young. Yeah. Um, so it was more of, me helping manage um, the media attention he got because obviously he's still in school. Um, He's still swimming at UF. He can't talk to everybody. Um, So it was kind of not really me getting his name out there, kind of me saying, hey, guys, Caleb has to go to school. And (laughs) he, he got some invitation for him and Katie Ledecky to go to some party in New York and I texted him Caleb do you want to do this and uh, no <laughs> he's a, I gotta go to class <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but he's a great guy he's incredibly down to earth and normal for being um the type of athlete that he is and honestly I I don't really think that he knows how good he is um or maybe he just is too down to earth and cause he's, he's all about the team more than anything. He's not about himself at all. Um, but he's 
and I we had two other um we had a couple other Olympians um competing for different countries but US the US is the best in the world in swimming so Caleb got the attention um but he's he's great and the other guys were great and you know it was a good opportunity to work with um a team like that that's so successful not just collegiately but internationally um and working with somebody like coach Troy who's also very renowned internationally and on the Olympic stage so it was it was fun uh, you kind of mentioned kind of your shift and how you publicize the swimming team, but you went from, you know, they're they're placing this time, they're or posting this time, not placing, posting this time, placing this finish, uh, and now you kind of have to shift to people already know that because they're watching. So kind of bare bones. If anybody is is at an institution that's lucky enough, maybe even in pro sport, maybe in the Olympics, like you had. Um, bare bones, how would you say that the, I'm going to use the term strategy again, shifts from what they're currently doing now to trying to get attention for these athletes to, okay, everybody already knows? I think everyone knows the times, but not everybody really knows the story and the person behind those times. And that's what I try to think about even now um, at Tech, is I don't really like writing stories in the sense that this happened at 5.42, this person had five rebounds, this guy swam this time. It's Because honestly, I don't really enjoy writing stories that way. And if other people do, and if that works for them, great. But anybody can look at a box score or... Um, you know, any kind of stat sheet and see that this person did this, the score was this, um, this person had these stats for me. And this might be going back to my journals and background and what I learned at UF in class. <laughs> um, it's, it's more about the storyline and finding a good storyline um, and publicizing the person and not just the athlete. And I think that I've been thinking about this recently that sport is such a great vehicle for narratives because you have um, a protagonist and an antagonist, good guy and bad guy. And the, obviously the good guy and bad guy changes depending on who you're cheering for. Um, so you have that, you have um, the climax, you have setting the scene. It, it's really a story. Every game and every competition is like a story. And you have... Um, the student athletes or professional athletes, whichever, whatever level you're on, those are the characters and you have to paint them in a light that this is them as people and not just them as, you know, this person getting these times, they're, they're people first. And I think that's what, um, a lot of people, particularly outside sports, um, kind of forget, um, that these are, and I'm saying for me, kids in college, because that's the kind of student, that's the people I work with, uh -huh. that they're college kids, and um, they make mistakes, and they have likes and dislikes and struggles, and it's, they're, they're people just like us, and I like to remember that when I'm 
strategizing and publicizing and it's more about these are their numbers on a box score. I like to put out this is who they are as people. And that that goes for any sport on any level anywhere. Perfect. Awesome. Uh, last question before we got to move on. Um, and I've seen a lot of people do this. And, uh, you know, I may be included. No, other people may be included because I know because I've seen it. Uh, how difficult is it earning your master's degree um, while also working full-time, being at a different institution? How difficult is that? It's very hard. <laughs> um, I took my first class because I'm working on um, a graduate certificate online at UF through the College of Journalism and Communications and Social Media. So that's the longest title ever. Um, and I've, I decided I wanted to do that over the summer. Took my first class in the fall. It ended technically earlier than... Um, the normal fall semester ends at UF. I think it ended in November a couple weeks ago. And even though it's online and I don't have to go to a physical classroom and sit and, and go to class, it's still really hard because, again, the whole time management thing, something I'm still working on. Um, and it's kind of hard to go to work and work in a field that's not nine to five, you don't get weekends off and then come home and do school. <laughs> um, so I'm still kind of figuring out if that's something I want to continue with. Um, I think it is, it would be nice to have a master's degree as an SID because that's not something that a lot of people have in this field because of the reasons that I just said, it's, it's, it's hard to do that and still do your job. Um, so we'll see where that goes, but it's, it's a challenge. It's not easy. And if it was easy, everybody would do it. Um, so I still have to figure out if that's something that I want to continue, but I mean, it's, it's, it's something that, you know, I like social media. I think it would benefit me in the future, even if I decided I didn't want to do communications or sports info anymore. So we'll see where that goes. But it's definitely hard. Yeah, I can, I can only imagine. Um, so now I'd like to transition to this part of the interview where I like to ask some fun questions. Uh, first uh-huh. one I have for you, Lane, is um, favorite memory in your professional tenure? Um, I would say, I mean, I haven't been doing this very long so this is going to be another Florida memory. Um, but I would say probably the SEC championships in Knoxville were pretty fun. And also the NCAA championships in Indianapolis. Um, because I didn't travel with swimming and diving until postseason. So I had never really seen a swim meet like that or an atmosphere like that because I swam for, I think, two months when I was six, so obviously it was different. (laughs) Um, But, again, swimming, especially in the SEC, is really good. And I think being in that environment where you're around so many successful people um, and 
being in an environment in a sport like swimming and diving, which is different from, I think, a lot of other sports, um, just being being at a place like that was really cool. Um, Knoxville had a really great facility. Um, Indianapolis, they had the NCAA championships at a venue where they traditionally have um, U.S. Olympic trials for diving. Um, and I just remember because they, they break up the women's and men's championships into separate times because having both would be insane. Uh-huh. Um, so I just remember seeing Katie Ledecky laugh everyone. It's, it's amazing how fast she swims. I don't know how she does it because she looks like she's doing the same thing as everybody else, but she's so much faster. <laughs> um, so that was really incredible to see. And then the men's championships were really fun. Um, cause I got to see Ryan Murphy from Cal, um, Joseph schooling who, I mean, maybe these names don't mean anything to some people. Joseph schooling is the guy who beat Michael Phelps in the, what was it? The hundred or 200 fly in the Olympics. So he's, he's kind of a big deal now too. And then Caleb beat him in the hundred fly. So that was fun to see. Um, and then Cal, um, California brought a lot of their alumni to cheer. So they had um, Nathan Adrian, who I was really excited about, um, Anthony Irvin, um, Josh Pernod. They had a bunch of those guys come back and basically have their own Cal cheering section, which was pretty fun <laughs> because I was sitting two rows back from them. And it's like, oh, wait, there's Nathan Adrian. I just saw him on TV over the summer on NBC. So, um, it, yeah. That that was a really, really great experience, and um, maybe it's not something I'll ever get to do again. Um, who knows? But I'm really glad I had it, and it was really fun. Uh, what about on the other side of the coin? What's your biggest horror story so far? Oh, my gosh, there's so many. <laughs> um, <laughs> pro- and, I mean, I'm having, I'm having a lot of... Um, I wouldn't say bad experiences, but I'm making a lot of mistakes now because I'm doing a lot of things for the first time. Um, but I, I think I've mentioned this before. I never really did stat crew before coming here to Tennessee Tech. Uh-huh. So I have I had to learn stat crew for volleyball. So I called, and it, it was really fast for me at first, but then I got used to it. And then um, I called for basketball. But there's been a couple times where men's basketball has been on the road. And Mike, my boss, is our resident stat crew guru. So he inputs, but he wasn't there to input because he was on the road with the men. So um, there's been a couple games where I've had to input, and it's been hard. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just because stat crew is like a whole new language for me. I can navigate around everything, not in-game, fine, but it's just kind of being in the game, in the moment, and having to do everything, and that's been hard. So there's been a couple games where I've made many stat crew mistakes and had to go back and fix them, basically restat some parts, which is not fun, Um, but... I'm getting better at it very slowly, but I am getting better. <laughs> um, what's one piece of advice you give to a student going into this profession? 
there's a lot of things I could probably say. I think one that didn't come to my mind at first, but I will say it, is to not get starstruck, especially if you're at a bigger school where the student-athletes are known nationally and you know, you might have gone to that school as a fan, like, oh, I love Tim Pebo, so I decided to go to Florida, and I see him on campus all the time. And But you can't have that mindset if you're working in a professional capacity with the athletic department because it's it's not professional. Um, like, I've had, I had a couple people ask me about Caleb and – I had to say, well, I mean, I work with him in, in a professional capacity. You know, he's a student athlete. He's not really somebody to fangirl over, I guess. Mm-hmm. You, you just can't have that men- mentality if you're working in a position with the athletic department. You, again, you treat them as people and not as, you know, op- I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, I I don't know a good way to say that, but um, you kind of have to put your fandom aside if you're you're working with the athletic department and communications because you have so many interactions with the student-athletes that you kind of have to put your, if if you are a fan, you have to put that in in a little box and treat them as normal people and not as, wow. (laughs) <laughs> Tim Tebow. <laughs> yeah. that, honestly, I'm, I'm sure when Tim was at Florida, there was probably a lot of that <laughs> with, the, uh-huh. with the students that were helping out. Um, <laughs> that, yeah. yeah. I always think about, um, because we would have to, one of my jobs as an intern at UF, um, we had to take some of the football players to their interviews so it always makes me laugh thinking about, you know, who got to take Tim to his interviews. <laughs> and if it was across campus, they probably just couldn't walk because everybody would stop him. So they probably didn't drive the golf cart and still probably people stopped him. And <laughs> I, I think about that sometimes. It makes me laugh. <laughs> um, when you look around the country, your division, conference, what have you, uh, and you look at somebody, you say that's a good SID. What are some things that they do, maybe some characteristics that they have that make you say that? I think one would be caring about the sports that you do because I, and I don't I don't really have anybody in mind when I say this. I'm just saying hypothetically. Yeah. But there's there might be people who would say, oh, I only want to do this sport. And then they, you know, if, if you're working at a school, you can't really pick the sports that you do. You just kind of take what you've been given. So there might be you know, a sport that you get that you're not really excited about or aren't very familiar with. Um, But at the end of the day, that's your sport and that's your job to publicize the happenings of that sport. So you kind of have to familiarize yourself with the sport and the, and, you know, how it's played and what the rules are and all of that. Um, And that was like me with, um, swimming is I had no idea about swimming and diving on it. Honestly, it, it was easy in the sense 
at least with the swimming part, whoever goes the fastest wins, obviously. But there was terminology that I had to familiarize myself with, how a meet worked, um, how you would qualify for NCAAs, because that's a process in itself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I think the people that are excited about the sports that they do and really get involved and um, even watch um, the professional side of the sport and, and are familiar with the big names and, um, the historical events that happened in said sport. I think those are the people that I really, um, respect and looked up and look up to that really kind of embrace their sport, even if it wasn't one that they were really familiar with beforehand or, or, or loved or anything. Um, I, I think that's key because the coaches and the students, the student athletes can kind of sense how you feel about them and and you have to care about them because you're, you're helping them out. You're, you're publicizing them. You're helping the community know about them. And I think to do that, you have to care about them and care about the sport. Uh, one thing you're interested in to learn more about in this profession I don't know if this is really a traditional SID role, but I've always wanted to learn more about graphic design and more of the visual aspects um, of communicating because I've always been pretty decent with words. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I feel most comfortable with um, writing, but... And again, this isn't something that I've necessarily had opportunities to do. And I do think I have more opportunities to do it at Tennessee Tech, but just more of graphic design and kind of learning Photoshop and um, After Effects and all those programs that I open them and just feel completely lost. Um, Because I can, if somebody gives me, an already done Photoshop file, I can drag and drop things and edit stuff in there, but I've always been wanting to learn more about creating my own stuff and learning, you know, what works and what doesn't, what looks good and what doesn't. And hopefully I have the opportunity to learn how to do that here and in the future. Um, You've already mentioned it a few times, but I'm just curious for, for what time you do take. Uh, work-life balance. What do you do to have fun? Um, honestly, rest. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm getting to do that a little bit more now just because basketball is going to get into more of a routine in terms of the schedule. Um, but, I mean, I I think what I do is fun. And I wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't fun just because I spend a lot of time doing it. (laughs) Um, But I think work-life balance, it's really just about kind of not letting yourself get burned out and kind of stopping and taking a deep breath every once in a while because it can feel like you're going a mile a minute and you have 8 million things to do. Um, But And I do feel that way sometimes, so I'll come home and um make a nice dinner because honestly I have been getting really into that now is Uh is cooking 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> which I never would have thought would be possible because I used to be able to make basically toast popcorn and cereal and that was it. Um, but I've been getting better at that, um, which is good. Um, so some honestly making things outside of what I do at work, whether it's, you know, writing something for fun or mm-hmm. cooking or, um, I like making things. Um, I like resting, I like sleeping. Yep. I like just chilling out and watching TV or messing around on the computer, doing absolutely nothing. Um, I, and I like the people that I work with. Um, I think we hang out a couple times outside of work when we're not seeing each other for work. Um, but I think it's kind of hard to have a work-life balance when you work as much as the people in communications do. Um, but it is possible. Uh, I got to go home for Thanksgiving, which was nice. I get to go home for Christmas, which is nice. I get to see my fa- I FaceTime my family all the time. Because um, I'm away from home for basically the first time in my life. Uh-huh. Um, so that's been hard um, just because I'm close with my family and I have a twin brother. So obviously there's that bond there. Um, so I think talking to them very frequently is also a form of work-life balance and, you know, keeps things in perspective. So it's, again, hard but not impossible. And we all need to remember to just take a second and chill out and take a deep breath and breathe. Perfect. Um, you can t- you can limit this to Gainesville. You can take it to Cookville, whatever you're comfortable with answering about this. Uh, restaurant or bar recommendation next time someone's in either or one of those places? Well, I'm probably the worst person to ask about this because... I think in Gainesville, I basically went to Panera all the time. And now (laughs) in Cookville, I'm upset because there's not a Panera. Um, But I did live in Gainesville long enough to find some non-chain restaurants. And you might hear this from other people who are from Gainesville, but Satchel's is very good. It's a pizza place. Um, The guy who runs it is really cool. Um, He makes you know, art and has a little side, um, gift shop kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so Satchel's is good. Um, there's a cupcake place that's in my neighborhood in Gainesville. It's called Patty Cakes. That's really good. Cookville, um, there's, I haven't really gotten, there's not a ton of restaurants here in Cookville that aren't chains. Um, but there is an ice cream place called Cream City that's apparently very famous. They have, like, this sign on top of their building that is famous or I don't I don't know. <laughs> um, but it, it's ice cream, and it's good, and everybody likes ice cream. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, like, a universally, universally liked food, so you can't really go wrong there. And if you're not, if you don't like it, you're not human. So just think right. about that. So, um, anyway. Yeah. Uh, if anybody had any questions for you, maybe they wanted to follow up with you after this, what would be the best way to do it? Um, my email is my name, Lane Weitzel, at Gmail. 
And my Twitter is Lane J. Weitzel because Lane Weitzel is suspended. And I can't remember if that was me that got suspended or some other Lane Weitzel. <laughs> um, but even though I don't tweet as much as I would like, I'm always on there just lurking. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm everywhere on social media. I, I don't always post things, but again, I'm always lurking and looking at other people's stuff. Awesome. Good, good, good. Uh, Lane, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you for having me. No problem. I am not experienced or distinguished, which I think are the two words that you put in your um, iTunes description. Maybe. I like podcasts, so thanks for having me. Hey, no problem. Yeah, I just, I like the variety. You got to keep it fresh sometimes. So that's where I'm at right now. It's just at this point in time, you know, like you, you, I'm loading up on episodes. I gotta go home, and you know, like yeah. you, you're going home. So I'm just going through the motions right now. Just keep hitting play, and yeah. I don't know. I'm enjoying every single conversation. So you're you're we're about you're gonna be episode 55. So we're uh, cool. and at this point in time, I have what is that? About 60 another five episodes loaded up and ready to roll so um yeah it's it's been fun so i I have a lot of fun but um anyway thank you very much for coming on Uh, and thank you all for whoever has uh downloaded subscribed to this podcast if you haven't done so already i I highly recommend that um you can do you don't even have to do that on itunes um if you're listening to this on a desktop you can do that on TuneIn radio you can do that on google music or google play whatever it's called i don't know um or you could also do it on stitcher you know whatever Whatever floats your boat. I'm not discriminating. I guess anything. But uh, if you do also have time, you can go and review us and rate us. It takes just a second to give a five or a one star. You can find us anytime, follow us anytime, that is, on social media at SportsInfoCast. And email me anytime, SportsInfoCast at gmail.com. Next week, we'll have Tyson Jex of Texas A&M International University. The Dust Devils. And we'll have a nice little D2 perspective coming up here next week and you can find any episode that we have on our website sidcast.fireside.fm like yes like the radio whoever messaged me or texted me about that i didn't save your number but yes like the radio station so um anyway we hope to get we yeah anyway thank you all for listening we have to catch you all in the next episode